he has no real he has no ill effect on her she was a grusha okay she was never eligible to marry a kohen right now she'll be a, a grusha and a chalutza it has no effect on her if he were to give chalitza to the other woman who had never was never a grusha that would mean that now he's causing her to become invalidated from marrying a kohen okay and the gemara uses the phrase um here on the gemara says uh, about maybe a drop more than 10 lines down um yosef starting at the beginning of the line the amar of yosef kanshana rebbe rebbe taught regarding this lo yishpoch adam meboro that a person should not um should not spit in the well he should not spill out his well water when other people will need it as well meaning that uh, he should not give chalitza to the woman who is eligible to marry a kohen and thus spoil her from being able to marry a kohen um, when he has the option of giving chalitza to the woman who is already a grusha and will have no effect on her. So it's an interesting concept that the Gemara brings out. Um, this idea of lo yishboch adam lahem, he should not cause this woman to be invalidated from marrying a kohen. Um, okay, so I want to go on to the case here of um, going down a few lines to Amar Marukva Amar Shmuel. So it's about a little above halfway down on the Gemara. Um, the Gemara talks about a case here of a Tsaras Mima Enes. Okay, so just a little background on a, on a Mima Enes. The Chachamim instituted a concept as follows that Mido Raisa, a father has the, uh, a father has the right to, to accept Kiddushin, to marry off his daughter, to accept Kiddushin on behalf of his daughter. So he can, um, he can accept Kiddushin from a man to marry his daughter who is a Kitana, his daughter who is a minor. Um, and that Kiddushin is valid and it's a Kiddushin Doraisa. She's considered a married woman just like any other woman. Um, and, if, uh, and if they want to end that marriage, she needs a get just like any other woman. Midra um, Banan, the Chacham instituted that, uh, and this, this was done for the sake of the daughter by the father arranging um, for this girl to have a marriage, he's ensuring her future. Now the Chachamim instituted that if you have a Yasoma, so a, a girl is an orphan, so the father passed away, um, there's nobody to take care of her. So we're left with her mother and her brothers, potentially. Now the Chachamim gave the power to her mother and her brothers to also accept Kiddushan on her behalf. Um, to marry her off. However, uh, this is only a Kedushan de Rabbana, okay? Because it's an institution by the Chachamim, they don't have the ability to create a Kedushan de Raisa, so it's a Kedushan de Rabbana. And the Chachamim instituted that if, if this girl wants to opt out of this marriage, she has the ability to do so. And she does something called Mion. Mion means literally a refusal. So she, is, she refuses the marriage. She can say at any point during the marriage until she becomes a Gedola, um, at any point until she becomes an adult, she can say that I no longer want to be married to this man. Um, and in the case of Miyun, the, the marriage is annulled. So it's not like Gerushin where uh, they were married and then the marriage ends with the divorce. Uh, with Miyun, it's as if the marriage never existed. Okay? So that, again, this is a creation by the Chachamim. Miyun obviously can't work on a Kedushin Doraisa. In the case of a Doraisa marriage, it only works in this case of a Kedushin Durabanan. Um, and that's the institution that the Chum said of, of Mion. Okay, so the Gemara now wants to deal with cases of, let's say you had a Kiddushin Durabanan, which now falls to Yibum. So you had a Mima'enes, meaning she was married to, uh, she was a Katana, married off by her mother um, or her brothers, 
um, to this man who then dies and now she falls to his brother for Yibo. So, Amar Ma'ukva Amar Shmuel, Tsaras Mema'enes Asura. Okay, so he says as follows. Let's say you had a case where, again, you had this girl married off by her mother or her brothers um, to this man who then dies and she falls to Yibum. However, instead of opting in for Yibum, she decides that she's going to opt out of the marriage. She's going to perform meal. Okay, so she's going to, um, she's going to, to opt out of the marriage and she's going to perform miyun, which means she doesn't require yibum or chalitza any longer because the original marriage um, is now annulled. It's like it never existed. Okay, but again, by performing miyun, um, even when she's performing miyun, uh, she can perform it also with the yavam. So she can stand up and say to the yavam, I refuse to go through with yibum because I am annulling the marriage um, in its entirety from the beginning. So the Gemara says that saras mima enes, if such a case occurs, um, with this girl who now performs me and she refuses um, at the time that, um, at the time of Yibum, her tsara, if there was another wife, if she has a, a, a co-wife, tsaras mema'enes asura, then the co-wife is also forbidden and you cannot perform Yibum um, on, the, on the co-wife. Now asks the Gemara, uh, Laman, to whom are we saying that she's forbidden? Right? Now if you'll tell me she's forbidden to the brothers, Right? So says the Gemara, let's stop and think for a moment. Right? We're talking about a case where what prevents her from marrying the brothers because of the Torah says the Isra of Eshesach. Right? She's married to a person's brother. She becomes an Erva. She's forbidden um, to, to marry her husband's brothers. Right? But in the case of Miun, we're saying that the marriage gets annulled. So it's like the marriage never existed. Right? So if you had a case of, um, if you have, let's say, forget about Yibum. You had a regular case. You have a, uh, a girl who's married off by her, by her mother or her brothers. She marries an individual. Um, and then after a year or whatever it is, she performs Miyun. And she says that she no longer wants to be married to him. That marriage is annulled. When she becomes a Gadola, right, a few years later, she's permitted to marry this person's brother. Why? Because she was never married to the original one, because the original marriage was annulled. It's like it never existed. So she can go ahead and marry his brother now, right? Because, uh, because she, there's no problem of Eshesach, because the original marriage uh, is annulled. It's like it never existed at all. Now, so asks the Gemara, right? If that's the case, that when me and the halacha is, it's like the original marriage never existed, how can we possibly say, right, in our Gemara, that the tsara will be forbidden to marry one of the other brothers, right? Or, or she would be forbidden. She herself can marry one of the brothers. So answers the Gemara. Um, so says the Gemara, the Gemara's uh, moving down a little bit in the Gemara. The Gemara says a concept as follows, um, that the, the distinction is as follows. If she performs miyun um, on the original, with the original husband, okay? So that means that before the husband died, she performed miyun and she opted out of the marriage, okay? So then of course, the, um, the, 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 um, then of course, the, uh, the marriage is bato and there's no yibum whatsoever, of course, because she's not and her tsara would be totally permitted, okay? However, if she performs miyun to the yavam, okay? So that means that she stayed with her original husband um, until he died, okay? Now he dies and uh, she falls to the yavam and she doesn't want to go through with Yibum. So she wants to opt out. She doesn't want Chalitza. So she says, I'm refusing this marriage, 
right? Which means that she's saying to the Yavam, I'm refusing this marriage. Now, the actual effect of it is that the original marriage is bottle. It's like it never happened. So there's no Yibum because she was never married to the brother to begin with. However, the Chacham made a Gzera. The Chacham were concerned that it looks like, okay, it appears as if there was an original marriage because if there was no original marriage, how did she fall to the Yavam? So the very fact that she went through the whole marriage till her original husband died, right, without canceling that marriage, now she falls to Yibum, right, and she's only opting out from the Yavam, it appears as if the original marriage um, actually took effect and it was there. Um, and therefore the Chacham instituted that um, she is forbidden to the Yavam. And not only is she going to be forbidden to the Yavam, but she'll be forbidden to, um, she'll be forbidden to the brothers as well. Um, not only her, but um, the Tzara as well, because it appears like there was an original marriage. Um, and since it appears like there was an original marriage, um, we're concerned that she looks like an Eish and therefore she's going to be forbidden. Okay. Um, so the Gemara, the Gemara goes with another case, uh, another case here that I want to discuss um, before we move to Ahmed Bey's. Um, okay, the Gemara talks about a case as, this, uh, as follows. Okay, if Asi says, the Gemara talks about a case of a Tsaras Islandess. Um, and this is about uh, five lines above where the lines get wide. So the Gemara talks about a case of an islandess. Um, so an islandess <clears throat> is a, a woman whose body never matures. So she never um, physically never reaches puberty um, and her body um, remains like a child. Um, and she's not capable, obviously not capable of having children at all. Um, but she's not like, um, not like a, a, an Akara, who's a woman who's barren, but physically is capable of having children. This is a, a woman who's, uh, whose body is incapable of having children. It never matures at all. So, the, um, so if, <clears throat> if a man had a wife who was an islandess, okay, um, and he also had another wife as well. He had a co-wife, um, and now he dies. So now they fall for Yibam. Okay? So Amar of Asi, of Asi says, Tsaras islandess asura. Okay. Because the Torah says that uh, you should perform yibum in order that the child that will be born, and we learn out from there, it's excluding an islandess because she's not capable of having children, which means that the entire purpose of having yibum right, uh, is, is canceled out. Right? There's no point in having yibum if she's not going to be able to, uh, to, to bear any children. Okay, so she's excluded from Yibum, okay, um, and therefore, since she's excluded from Yibum, she falls back on the original Isser of Eshesach, right? She's like, uh, her, she's like his brother's wife. There's no mitzvah of Yibum whatsoever, so she's an Eshesach. She's forbidden um, as, an, as one of the Arayos, so she's forbidden as an Isser Kares, okay? Now, we'll see where this goes in a moment. So if Sheshis asks, Okay, we had a case, there's another case, case as follows. If you have shlosha achin nesuin shalosh nashim, nachrios. You had three brothers, each one was married to a woman, right? So far a normal case. Um, each one is married to a woman, no relation to each other. Umeis echad mehem, v'asabasheni maimar, umeis. And one of the brothers dies, okay? So one of the brothers dies, that means his wife falls to Yibum, 
right? So far, everything's simple. She falls to Yibum. We know that the Chacham instituted that before we actually perform Yibum, we perform a Kiddushin to Rabbanon called Maimar, right? Which uh, creates a, a quasi-Kiddushin towards the Yavam. And then, so one of the brothers went ahead and did Maimar, but before he actually followed through on the Yibum, right, he died. Okay, so the brother, the second brother now dies after performing Maimar on the first brother's wife. So now we have two women that fall to the third brother for Yivam. One is the actual wife and one is the, is the Yivama who had Maimar. So says the Gemara, they require Chalitza and he may not perform Yivam. So the Torah says if, if the Torah says if one of the brothers will die, the, the Yavam shall perform Yibum on her. So that's teaching me that Yibum can only be done if there is a Zika from one marriage. Okay? But here in this case, we actually have a Zika from two, uh, a quasi-Zika from two marriages. We have the original Zika's Yibum from the first husband, who was her real husband. But then the second one performed Maimar. Right now, Maimar is a kedushin derabbanan. Okay, so this kedushin derabbanan um, creates a connection to the yavam, which then transfers over. So she actually is coming from two marriages um, to the third yavam, and in that case, she's excluded from uh, she's excluded from yibum, and she's not eligible for yibum. So katani Allah, and we said about this: Amar of Yosef zuhi tsaras eshes ach me'av she'iser nefila garamla. So Rav Yosef says this is very interesting, that uh, this, the one who came from the, from the third brother, so she now has, the, has Zika from two, from two Yavam, so from two, from two marriages, so she's excluded from Yibum. Now, once she's excluded from Yibum, she's now forbidden as an Eshesach. That means that the Tzara, the co-wife, is what we would call a Tzara's Erva. She's the tzara of an Eshesach, right? She's a co-wife to a woman who's forbidden before because of Eshesach. Now, says with Yosef, this is the only place where, we've, where we, we will find, right, that you can actually have an erva of Eshesach that applies in the case of Yibum. Because in every case of Yibum, we're automatically talking about the brother's wife, right? And obviously, that's where the Torah is coming to say that, it's, that she's permitted, because that's exactly where the Torah is prescribing Yibum. So you never have a case where Eishas Ach applies, except for this case, because we excluded her from Yibum, right? Um, but says Rav Yosef, So we don't find this case actually in the Torah. Why don't we find this case in the Torah? Because in the Torah, Maimer does not exist at all. Maimer was a, was a Rabbanan creation. So as far as the Torah is concerned, She's really only falling from her original husband. The fact that the middle brother performed Maima is, is irrelevant. It's inconsequential because it takes no effect, Midoraisa. So what's preventing her from falling to Yibum? The Maima, which is the Rabbanan, which means that on the Rabbanan level, she's excluded from Yibum. And on a Rabbanan level, she's going to be considered to be an Eishas Ach. And because of that, she's going to cancel out not only herself, but she's going to cancel out her co-wife as well, her tsara, that we don't allow her tsara to have yibum either because she's considered to be like the co-wife of an erva, like the co-wife of an eshesach. Now says the Gemara um, that the same halacha will apply in the case of a tsara's islandess as well. Right? 
the, if you have, again, the man is married to, to a woman who's an islandist, she's not capable of children. He also has, a, has a, another wife, right? There's a co-wife as well, okay? Now he dies, they fall to Yibam. But the islandist is excluded from Yibam. The Torah excludes her from the whole mitzvah of Yibam. If she's excluded from Yibam, that means she remains with the prohibition of being an Eshesach. She remains with the prohibition of being the brother's wife. Okay? And that's on a Doraisa level. So she remains a, a Eishas Ach, and on a Doraisa level, she's an Eishas Ach, she's forbidden to the Yavam. And therefore, her Tzara, the co-wife, is considered a Tzara's Erva. Is considered a Tzara's Erva. She's considered to be the co-wife of an Erva, and she's going to be excluded from Yibam as well. Which is, if you think about it, it's amazing, because the co-wife herself is an Eishas Ach, Right? She is, of course, the brother's wife. And the Torah said a brother's wife is permitted, right, for Yibum, because that's exactly the case of Yibum. Nevertheless, because of her co-wife, who is not eligible for Yibum, she's going to get excluded as well. Okay? So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a very interesting play where it comes out here that even though she herself is an Eishasach, and that doesn't bother us, the fact that her co-wife is an Eishasach, that's going to exclude her. Um, so that's uh, a very interesting point that comes out in this Gemara. A little of circular logic here. Yeah. yeah. Can can I see if I if I get that? Because I think yeah. I think I think I've got you. So you're so you're sort we're sort of recasting the the patur of a tsara as it's the tsara of an erva. Correct. And that's and what we talked about in the normally first, right. Yeah. And normally the erva, we're not talking about the erva eshasach because that's usually uh permitted in Yibun sort of disappears exactly. and goes away. Exactly. And so that doesn't, that's not the, the, the erva of Eshesach is not going to be, is not going to potter the, the tsara. Right. But in this case, in these cases, um, so I guess with the, with the one of the, uh, the, the one with, with the, the case of Mimar, mm -hmm. um, it, the, the Gemara cites the reason that it's Shenemar Umes Echad Mehem Yavama Yavo Aleha. Right. Misha Alezikas Yavam Echad Velozika Shne Yavami. So, really, that's the reason why she can't, why she can't do Yibum. But right. whatever the reason is, now she defaults. If she can't do Yibum, then she sort of defaults to Eshasach. Exactly. And then once she's Eshasach, she's Erva. And once she's Erva, then Sara is. is is okay right 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 so it's just a fascinating case where we have these are the only two cases where um Eishas ach which we would think right would never be an issue regarding gibum can actually come back into effect um and not only cancel out her but cancel out her tsara as well um, so it's just a it's a it's a uh, fascinating way this gemara comes around here okay um i wanted to um okay I wanted to talk about a case as follows. Um, um, the Gemara on Amud Beis. If we turn to Amud Beis, um, the Gemara says um, on Yud Beis Amud Beis about six lines down. Okay, um, so the Gemara brings a very interesting halacha. The Gemara says Tani Rav Bibi Kamedu Rav Nachman. Rav Bibi taught in front of Rav Nachman, Shalosh Nashem Meshamshos Bemoch. So there are, um, there are three women okay, that are permitted, or it was, okay, three women 
that have intercourse um, with a, a contraceptive, okay, which in the time of the Gemara um, was simply they would take a rag um, or cloth um, and put it into the canal and that would absorb um, any of the zera that it can't reach the womb and she can't become pregnant. So um, it's saying that she, shalosh, these three women um, have intercourse with a moch, ketana, a minor, meuberes, a woman who's already pregnant, umenika, and a woman who's nursing. Okay, why is that? Ketana shema tisaber v'shema tamos, a ketana, a minor, because uh, she's, she's so young that she might become pregnant and if she does, it's dangerous to her health, she could die from it. Meuberes, shema tase sandal, um, a woman who's pregnant because uh, the, the second, um, if, if another pregnancy potentially were to take effect, it could destroy the, uh, the, the original fetus. Um, and a woman who's nursing because uh, potentially if she becomes pregnant again, that could cause her milk to dry up um, and the child could starve. And just um, as a, a quick, I, I, I'm not aware of a current, in current medical understanding of any anything that would correlate with the second case? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I'm going to come back to that and, a little bit. Yeah, and which I, I don't know whether to categorize it. Should I think about it, or should I put it in the other category of like the science things scientifically that I don't necessarily don't make sense necessarily, and I don't know how hard I should think about it. But no, no, no. I'm going to come back to it. Actually, no, okay. All right, it. we're going to come back yeah. to it. I'm going to circle back to that point. Okay. Um, so, and the Gemara then, then says, the Gemara just defines Ezuhi Katana. How do we define a Katana in this regard to this halacha? So, Mibas Yud Aleph Shonim Vyom Echad, Ad Yud Beis Shona Vyom Echad, from the age of 11 and one day till 12 and one day. Um, but less than that, there's no concern that she'll become pregnant at all. And older than that, she's already capable of having children. So, Mishameshes Kedarka Vaholeches, so then she has regular intercourse. Divrei Rabbi Meir, so this is the opinion of Rabbi Meir that these three women. Um, should um, have intercourse with a moch, um, with a contraceptive, to prevent them from becoming pregnant. say, in all cases, they disagree with Rabbi Meir. They say there's no such exclusion for these three women. Rather, they have normal intercourse. And uh, from heaven, they'll have mercy. From heaven, they should have mercy on them. Um, because the Pasuk says, Hashem, that Hashem protects the, the, the fools, um, and therefore um, they have, will have regular intercourse, um, and, and hopefully from heaven they'll be merciful. Okay, now, um, generally we know, okay, that uh, when we have a machlokas, okay, Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim, so halacha follows the rabbin, right, halacha will follow the majority. Okay, so we seem to be walking out of this Gemara as saying that Rabbi Meir hold that uh, in, in cases, in certain cases it would be permitted um, for, for them to use this contraceptive because it's a danger to human life. And the Chacham disagree. And the Chacham say there's no such, uh, no such heter. Um, and uh, we'll say, Menashamayim Yirachim. Okay, so that's uh, at, at face value, that's how the Gemara comes out. Okay, so there is a um, there's a tshuva um, in the Igros Moshe um, from Moshe Feinstein, um, and this is um, this is one of like the, the places where you you get a glimpse of what um, or just how incredible how great Moshe Feinstein was. Like it's um, beyond uh, he, the the way he takes the whole sugya and just turns the whole thing around. 
Um, it's just incredible. It's like watching an artist at work. It's, it's just an amazing thing. So if Moshe says, if Moshe says like this, he's asked the question of, the question that he was asked was uh, a woman who came to him um, that she has a medical condition where um, the doctor said that uh, if she becomes pregnant, right, um, then it, 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 will, it, can, it can likely be fatal to her. Okay? Um, if she becomes pregnant, it's an extreme danger to her life um, and it could kill her. Okay? So the question now came to Moshe, is she permitted to use uh, contraception? Is she permitted to use contraception um, because there's a danger to her life? Okay, so Rav Moshe says as follows, okay, um, and, and here's what's, what's fascinating is Rav Moshe quotes a whole list of achronim, of great people, Rabbi Kiva Eger, the Chassam Sofer, um, great, great achronim 200 years before him, um, he says, who say that it's Asr. And Rav Moshe says that, uh, and who am I to argue with them? He says, but I'm going to do it anyways. I say, I'm going I'm to argue anyways. He says, because he says, potentially here, we're talking about uh, dissolving a marriage. He says, if I can't find a way to permit this woman to her husband, right, then the marriage can be destroyed. And he says, the Torah tells us um, that in the parsha of Sota, right, the Torah tells us that Hashem says his name should be erased in order to create peace between husband and wife. So he says that uh, if Hashem said his own name can be erased, then clearly there's no place uh, to leave respect for the for the great generations before us, and I have to argue. So if Moshe says, if Moshe says as follows, okay? If we look back in our sugya, okay, there's, there potentially could be two ways to understand um, the way Rav Meir's statement is. Rav Meir says, there are three women um, that have intercourse with contraception, okay? Now Rashi says that the Rav Meir is to be understood to say that um, these women are permitted to have intercourse with contraception, and the Chachamim are saying they're not permitted to do so. Okay. Later we'll see Tosfos has, uh, has a bit of a different view on this. Um, but he starts off with Rashi's opinion. And Rav Moshe says, he says, it doesn't make any sense. He says, how can it be okay, that the Chachamim can disregard Pikuach Nefesh? Right? And it's, uh, it's, it's an obvious question. People were shaking their heads before, right? How can it be that the Chacham can say, is it, what, what type of idea is this? So since when, right, do, uh, do, do, do we just turn around and say, okay, from heaven, they should be merciful, right? If, uh, right, if someone, uh, if, right, if a person has a medical emergency on Shabbos, do we turn around and say that, uh, okay, we're not going to be Mechal Shabbos. From heaven, they should be merciful. Right? It's ridiculous. Right? So it says, how can it possibly be? It says that, uh, that the Chacham can just disregard the Kuach Nefesh. It says it doesn't make any sense. It says we don't, we don't find anything like this anywhere in the Torah. So if Moshe says it can't be, it says clearly the Chacham cannot argue on the concept of the Kuach Nefesh. Yet we see that the Chacham say that she's not permitted to use the contraception. So how do we understand that? So if Moshe says something amazing. Okay, if Moshe says, and, and this goes back to what you just mentioned, Joaquin, it says if Moshe says, that the Chachamim understood, okay, that if Hashem permitted marriage, um, and he permitted marriage to a katana, and he permitted marriage clearly when a woman is pregnant, and he permitted marriage um, when a woman is nursing, and part and parcel of the marriage is that there's a mitzvah of ona, there's a mitzvah of a husband to be with his wife, okay, then it cannot be 
that the Torah would create a situation where the woman's life would be put at risk. Okay, so again, it cannot be that the Torah created this type of situation where the woman's life will be put at risk. So therefore, the Chachamim say that means that, that we, we take it as a given, okay, that, that this will never happen. Okay, and in fact, right, like Joaquin was saying, right, that uh, the, the, the likelihood, right, of a, um, right, of a woman becoming pregnant, um, right, uh, of a katana becoming pregnant, right, or of, a, uh, of something happening while a woman is already pregnant, right, um, or uh, even by a menekes, even a woman who's nursing, it's highly unlikely that she'll become pregnant, right? So, um, so Rav Moshe says that the Chachamim are saying that we, are, we, we can take it as a given that that from heaven they are merciful, meaning that, uh, that Hashem will not permit this to happen, okay? Except for maybe, he says, one in a million cases. And if that happens, then it, it's, it's only because he says that uh, perhaps this was, this was a gezerah, this was a punishment that was decreed on this person, um, but it's not something that will happen through natural occurrences. Okay, so, uh, so Moshe flips around the whole Gemara here, right? And uh, this is only the beginning of it, but he flips around the whole Gemara. He says that, it, that of course, the Chacham are not disregarding Pikuach um, Nefesh. He says, the Chacham are saying that these three specific cases that Rabbi Meir is discussing, right? In these cases, we don't have to be concerned about Pikuach Nefesh, okay? Because from heaven, they will protect her because we can take as a given that um, these women will not come to harm. Okay. I'm not, yeah. sure, I'm not sure I understand the, f the first part of the answer. Which part? What exactly, what is, what exactly does it, do you mean by asking the question, how could, how could Hashem let a woman be married when she's pregnant or when she's... Meaning, or when meaning she's the, me the mitzvah of Ona, right? The mitzvah of... The what's enough? What's enough? Man? The, the, the marriage is... What? Is it not He's saying that the, the mitzvah of owner, the mitzvah of the husband and wife having relations, still applies during pregnancy. Right? And it can't be, right, that the Torah would put her in this situation where, where she would have this mitzvah, which would cause her life to be put in danger. Right. So, therefore, the fact that, that it exists, right, is, it tells us that the Torah would not put her in this danger. Yeah? And therefore, there's not going to be this danger. However, says Rav Moshe, in our case, in the case, in the question that he was asked, he says, we're dealing with an out of the ordinary case. We're dealing with an extraordinary case. This is a woman where the doctors have told us medically that she is in danger of losing her life if she becomes pregnant, right? He says, of course, the Chachamim are going to agree. He says, there's no way that the Chachamim would possibly disagree and say, we don't care about the danger to human life. But the mayor says that, that such a danger does exist, Rabbi Meir says that such a danger does exist, um, and there's, there's, he, he goes through a few possible explanations for why Rabbi Meir would disagree. Um, I'm just going to try, it's about a 25-page uh, tshuva, uh, but, so I'm just going to try and keep it short. But it's just, uh, so just the, the amazing parts, where he, where he flips around the whole idea at the beginning, he says, of course the Chacham are not disagreeing um, with, with Rabbi Meir. He says the Chacham can't possibly uh, dismiss the, the value of human life, the Pikuach Nefesh. Says the Chacham are saying in these three cases we're allowed to rely on heaven, and 
He says, so much so that normally, of course, we have a rule that ain't somechen ala A person is not permitted to rely on a miracle, right? A person can't refuse uh, medical care and say, I'm relying on God to heal me, right, as a miracle. Um, he says, in this case, the Chacham said that this is not considered relying on a miracle. He says, they, for these women to have normal intercourse um, is not considered relying on a miracle, and it's not considered putting their lives in danger whatsoever. Um, now, the, the question then, however, becomes as follows. So, so I'm sorry. So Rav Moshe then says, however, that in, in, in the case, the question where he's being asked, right, where, where medically clearly there is a danger to this woman's life. So says Rav Moshe that, uh, that um, it, it's clear to him, absolutely clear to him, um, without a shadow of a doubt, that the Chachamim would not disagree um, the Chacham would say that, uh, of course, uh, we're going to regard the danger to human life, um, and it would be permitted. But then Rav Moshe asks another question, okay? Um, and this is a question, somebody really should come up with this question. Um, I'm going to wait. Somebody should be bothered by this question, right? Essentially, what the Gemara is saying is, is that we're going to permit these women to have intercourse, to have intercourse with contraception, okay? Because... When they have intercourse, they come into danger of becoming pregnant, right? And if they become pregnant, that presents a danger to their life, right? So now, since their life is going to be in danger, right, as a matter of pikuach nefesh, we're going to permit them to use contraception. Okay, that's essentially what the Gemara is saying. Okay, so there should be a very obvious question that's popping up here. Let's see, somebody want to give it a shot? Wait, so sorry, no, I don't have the question. I didn't, I didn't, uh... I wasn't mechavin to the question, but wait, I, I thought that there were three different reasons. Right? The, the danger to the woman's life was only by the katana, right? The, by the meuberis, it was the, it's sand, a danger the sandal, and by the manika, it was that the, 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 we, the nursing child is going to die. Correct. So it's a danger right. to human life, I should say, not necessarily the... the okay, the, only the first one is life, the danger. It's the danger to the, or the child's life, right. And it sounds like that's kind of a a separate than the, the tshuva that Rav Moshe talked about was just a general medical condition where pregnancy would be a threat to the woman's life. Correct. And but even, even a gadola, even a gadola. Correct. Correct. Rav Moshe is yeah. talking about a woman who's been married for many years and uh, something happened and I don't know exactly. Right. Okay. Can you rephrase your, your, your okay. setup to see if so I'm going to set it up. Again. The, Somebody's got to yeah. come up with this question. Okay. So essentially the Gemara is saying as follows, right? We're going to permit them to have intercourse with contraception because, right, when they have intercourse, they come into a position of danger because they could potentially become pregnant. Right, and the, the becoming pregnant could present a danger to their life, right, or in the Gemara to the child's life, or whatever it is, right. Um, and therefore, we're now faced with the situation of pikuach nefesh, and as a matter of pikuach nefesh, we're going to be allowed to use this contraception, right, right. Uh, to save human life. The question is, is the is the question. Oh, you supply the twelve. Right. You go first. Yeah, priority. Uh, <laughs> is the question that, especially in the days of the Gemara, childbirth just. Greta is is uh, extremely dangerous. So Rav Moshe actually says that as one of his explanations for the Chachamim. He says part of why the Chachamim are able to say from heaven they'll have mercy is because anyways, right, childbirth is extremely dangerous in it of itself. And yet the Torah obligates us to, to take part in it. Um, so therefore you see that there's always a matter of risk involved and we rely on heaven. So we could rely on heaven here as well. Um, that is, Rav Moshe puts that logic in there actually as well. Um, but that's not the question. 
that's not the question. Okay, Max. <laughs> I guess just why why is um, why are relations permitted in the first place? Ah, excellent. Exactly. It says with Moshe, right? Are we going to permit somebody to right? He doesn't say this. My example, right? Are we going to permit somebody to carry a uh, a parachute on their back? Um, outside of an Eruv on Shabbos because they might decide to jump off a bridge and if they do so, they'll be faced with Pikuach Nefesh and then they'll need the parachute. Who told them to jump off the bridge? Says with Moshe, right? Wait a minute. Is the woman in any danger right now? There's no danger to her right now. What puts her in danger? Right? If she, if she goes and she has intercourse, then she puts herself into a situation of danger. Right? And then we have to deal with the ramifications of it. Moshe said, who said it? Who said it? She's permitted. So maybe, maybe the answer is, okay, don't have relations. Don't have intercourse. Don't put yourself into a situation of danger. Right? Okay. So, so it's a fantastic question. If Moshe says, he says, I don't understand. Where, where were all the Rishonim and the Achronim? He says, nobody asked this question. He said, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So if Moshe's yeah. astonished by this question, how could nobody ask this question? Okay. So, Can I add to the question a point that I don't quite understand also? What? Can I add to the question a point that I don't understand? Yeah, yeah please. So yeah. if if she's using a moich, yeah, then it's in order not to get pregnant. Right. So where's the mitzvah anyway? Oh, okay. There's a mitzvah puravu if she's not gonna get pregnant. Okay, good. So so uh, so let's go step by step. Right. As an explanation of that point, is why are you allowed to live with, a, why are you allowed to marry an islandess or any of those women who can't have children? Excellent. Excellent. So all, all, all of them are very good points. Right. So, so let's go slowly, the way of Moshe goes through it. So, so the answer to, to Akiva Mayer's question is, is that in addition to the mitzvah of Puravu, right, even if, a, uh, even if a couple already has children, right, and they're not obligated in Puravu any longer, um, there's a mitzvah of Ona. Right? There's a mitzvah, a husband is obligated to have relations, to be with his wife, um, and uh, that, is, that is part and parcel of marriage. So it's a mitzvah um, in and of itself. Okay? So, even if, so, so even if we're going to separate the concept of purifu, um, you still have the mitzvah of Oni. Okay? So that's where the mitzvah is here. Now, the, the Rav Moshe says like this, let's, let's go back a step. What was the problem that we're trying to work around? Right? We're saying that uh, we're going to permit right, this woman to use contraception. What's the problem? Why, 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 what do we have to permit? What's the isser? Okay. So, so the, the isser is, okay, the isser is what the Gemara is saying, the isser is hashchasa zera, right? Is the isser is letting the seed go to waste. Right? So, and the isser of hashchasa zera is considered a very serious isser in the Torah, right? And it's forbidden, right, for, uh, for a man to be mashchiz zera, right, to, uh, to, to let a seed go to waste. So the problem is that he's having intercourse in a way which cannot lead to pregnancy, right? And therefore, that would potentially be considered hashchasa zera. Okay, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. And what we're attempting to do is to, is to, uh, is to work around that by saying that it should be permitted because of pikuach nefesh. Right? That, that was the original problem in the Gemara, and the answer was Pekoch Nefesh. So on that says with Moshe, right, that uh, who says that's a hetter? So maybe don't start to begin with. Right? Maybe relations shouldn't be permitted at all. So if Moshe says an amazing idea, okay, he says, um, 
he's it's revolutionary and he, he basically comes up with it himself. He says that it's clear to me that what we have to say is as follows, okay? That the, the this, that, um, we say this concept of hashchasa zera, motzi zera, levatola, okay, does not mean the way we would normally understand it, that it means that because it does not lead to pregnancy, okay? He says that what it means is that it's without the performance of a mitzvah from the Torah. Okay, meaning that it's not in the performance of a mitzvah. It says, however, okay, once we can say that what he's doing is a mitzvah, and we're saying that it's an onah, so like, um, so like Yassi just mentioned before, the same way the Torah permits a man to be married to a woman who's known to be barren, she can't have children, right? Or even an islandess, a woman who's not even physically, her body is not even capable of having children, right? And there we say that despite the fact that we know she's not going to have children, nevertheless, right, they're permitted to have relations. And it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of ona in the Torah. Okay. So says, um, says Rav Moshe that therefore that what, what, we're, what we're saying is, is that any time, okay, the, the zera is for the sake of the performance of a mitzvah, okay, then it's no longer considered hotzah zera levatal. Okay. So, which, which completely revolutionizes the whole, the whole idea here, okay? So it says with Moshe that, you're right, there's no way that, uh, that, this, um, that these relations can lead to pregnancy because of the moch that's here, right? Because of the moch that's placed there. Nevertheless, it's considered a mitzvah in the Torah. It's a mitzvah of ona, okay? And therefore, right, Rabbi Meir is saying that it's permitted because um, the, the, the relations themselves are permitted. Why are they permitted? Because it's a mitzvah. Now you're faced with a potential of a risk to, li- to human life. So to that we can say, oh, now, now you're permitted to use a moch. Right? Now you're permitted to use a moch. And even though we know going into it that you're going to use the moch and there's going to be contraception, it's never going to lead to pregnancy, it's still a mitzvah and it's not considered hotzah zerolabatala. Okay. That's the the, um, the tremendous chiddush um, that Rav Moshe comes up with, okay? And Rav Moshe says that, uh, therefore, that would transfer over into our case as well, right? Into the question that he was asked, okay? That if, uh, if he has this woman who now is faced with, um, where, where the doctors have said that this would be life-threatening to her, okay? So um, then, um, again, relations are permitted because that's a mitzvah in the Torah. Okay, um, and uh, and therefore, once we say that it's considered um, that it's considered a mitzvah, okay, and the only possible way for them to be able to have relations is through using a moch, okay, through using the contraception, because otherwise it would be too dangerous. Then that itself becomes part and parcel of the mitzvah of ona, um, and that's permitted. And that's permitted because it goes into the mitzvah of Ona. And once we say that it's part of the mitzvah of Ona, it's no longer considered Hotzah Zara Levatala any longer. Okay? Even, though it's, even though it's clear without a shadow of a doubt that it can't possibly lead to pregnancy. Um, so with this, basically, Rav Moshe uh, overturns um, the, the psak of Rabbi Kiva Eger, the psak of Chassam Sofer. Um, the Psak of many others, um, and uh, Rav Moshe comes up with his own revolutionary idea, and Rav Moshe says 
that uh, therefore he's giving um, a permission uh, for this woman to uh, to go ahead and use contraception because on his understanding of the of the sugya, um, even though at face value it appears that the sugya is the chacham are disagreeing with Rabbi Meir, um, we're actually going to say the opposite, and we're going to say the chacham are going to agree with Rabbi Meir, and it's going to be completely um, it's going to be completely permitted. Um, Rav Moshe says that, uh, however, that this only applies in a case where um, normal relations are not permitted, are, are, not, are not possible, sorry, not possible, okay? Meaning in a case of a normal healthy person, right? Um, in a case of a normal, um, a case of a normal um, healthy person where normal relations are permitted. So then using the contraception is not for the sake of maintaining relations, right? It's simply for the sake of protecting, of preventing pregnancy for no reason um, that's necessary for the relations, then, um, then you don't have this heter any longer, says Rav Moshe, right? And uh, in that case, right, a moch would not be permitted. Um, but in a case where there's a danger, um, then the moch would be, would be completely permitted. Um, Rav Moshe says that according to the way he's understanding this, he says all the Rishonim um, will agree with this opinion, with the exception of Tosfos, okay? So Tosfos, if you look at Tosfos in, in our Gemara, um, so Tosfos here distinguishes, he says there's two possibilities for um, how this moch might be used, okay? Um, it says in the, in Rashi's understanding of the moch is the moch is inserted um, before relations, okay? So that the zera gets automatically absorbed, right? And it can't, uh, it can't penetrate into the womb. Um, Tosfos says, according to Rabbeinu Tam, that that would absolutely be forbidden. There's no way that that would be permitted whatsoever. Um, because uh, it's, it's clear, it's, not, it's considered, um, that would be considered hashchasa because there's no possible way, it's not considered normal relations whatsoever, okay? Now, however, Tosa says what the Gemara means of Mishameshes b'moch means for the, the woman to insert a, a moch after relations um, and uh, then to absorb whatever zera is there. But that means at the time of relations, Right, the relations were done normally in a manner which could potentially lead to pregnancy. And the Rabbeinu Tam says that there it's permitted. And not only is it permitted, but he says that uh, according to Rabbi Meir, what we mean to say is that she's obligated to use the moch because there's a danger to her life. Um, but Rabbeinu Tam says that uh, if the moch was inserted beforehand, then there's no way it would be permitted whatsoever. So Rav Moshe says that the only dissenting opinion is the opinion of Tosfos here, um, but all other Rishonim and Achronim, um, he says, are going to, all, all other Rishonim are going to agree with his opinion um, that um, in the, that any time the, the, um, the point, the purpose is for the performance of a mitzvah of Ona, um, then that's not considered Hashchas Hazera at all. Um, and therefore, there are, therefore, without a question, they're permitted to engage in relations. And once they do so, then we have a situation of and that allows her to use um, the contraception, but we're not going to say that uh, who, maybe you don't have permission to engage in relations at all, um, because it's not going to be considered, um, it's not going to be considered hashchasas um, zera at all. Um, okay, that is, um, that is the, the, the basic idea. Moshe goes on for about another 20, 30 pages. Um, but um, that's the, the basic idea, and it's just, um, it's fascinating the way he um, takes the whole sugya and flips it um, completely backwards and brings out um, completely the opposite 
um, the opposite idea whatsoever. Um, okay.